animals out there? Are you ready? Well, you better buckle up because it's time for the show, ladies and gentlemen. Straight out of your sister's bedroom. It's your girlfriend's favorite podcast. Without further ado, it's the Wing Scoops Podcast with your host, Wade Needham. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Ring Scoops podcast right here on ringscoops.com. Webmaster Wade here with you each and every time. A special guest on tonight is a man that I have known for, oh, wow, 14 plus years. And we have... We've, we've, we've done a lot of stuff together. We've, we've traveled to Cauliflower Alley together. We've worked to many locker rooms together. I've called a, a bunch of his matches. He is, uh, not just a good, close, personal friend of mine, but he is one of my favorite workers on the independent wrestling scene today. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I present to you, Mr. Richie Slade. Richie, what's up, man? Thanks for having me, man. I'm super excited. You know, it's the succulent one. It is one half of the most succulent, desirable team. The most, what is it? Is it makes a makes a drool over? You know, the most. Is it? I'm salivating. Is that it? Yeah. Ooh, ooh, like a steakhouse up in here, man. Yeah, like that, and a little little drizzle of candy on the side. That's ooh, yeah. Love it. Succulent one, bitchy slay. Have Every time I watch your matches, man, I get the meat sweats, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't, if I didn't have you feel that way, I wasn't doing my job. I tell you that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a little sweet and savory, baby. That's, that's what it's it. all about. That's what it's all about. Yeah, man. What a you know, like we were talking before we hit record about time flies and all that kind of stuff, man. Uh, 2022. Felt like it was a year that we kind of like started to get back to normal with things because we, you know, we had the pandemic in 2020 and 2021. Technically, I guess it's still there. Nobody said the pandemic is gone, but I want to ask like, how, how was your, uh, 2022 for you personally and then for your career as well? You know, I, it's, it's strange. A lot of people, you know, when they went through the whole, you know, COVID period and everything being locked down. A lot of people took time away and um, some people actually just retired altogether, just quit wrestling. And I, ne- I didn't, I never stopped. I just kept, I kept working. I was doing those. I was, you know, there might've not been fans around, but I was still working. I was still trying to develop myself. And during the times, you know, I, I have to say, you know, 2022 and 21, like those have been some, some of my most, development i guess years where i i've grown and i've found something fresh you know the whole team of you know beef candy came along like through all of this things you know it's uh i i don't know i i feel like it's been a very it's yes yeah, it's, it's a rebuild repackage kind of kind of year everybody's trying to get everything back together organized it's the same thing i'm building things up and, and you know like bettering myself too it's it's nice to take you know a couple of steps back a little bit and look at your overall 
picture and see what else you could do better. Not just in wrestling, but in life in general, you know, that's where I'm, that's where I'm at right now. You know, uh, during 2022, you reached your 10 year anniversary in the business. Um, yeah. You know, time flies, man. It really does. Cause I remember your first match there at Lytle Creek and <laughs> like to see the progression and the growth that you've made from then until right now is just absolutely tremendous, man. So like job well done. And I want to know, like, what do, what do you hope to accomplish over the next 10 years? You know, it's the same thing that when I first, when I first got into wrestling, I, <clears throat> I never thought I, I'd make it big. I never thought I'd even step foot in a WWE ring or ever had the opportunity to do anything of that. I thought maybe, you know, I have a couple of matches and, you know, maybe I, maybe I even got hurt and just ended up leaving because I wasn't big enough and I didn't have the, the ability for it. But, um, uh, you know, it was, you know, it's that desire, that motivation, that dream that keeps you going. And uh, honestly, I'm just happy to, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have the opportunities that I've had and at this point in my career. It's not really so much of saying, well, you know what? I got to get, I got to get that contract. I got to get this. Of course, that is something that I'm looking for. That is something that I would love to have, but if it doesn't happen, I've enjoyed the journey, uh, you know, to get where I'm at today. And I've done a lot. I've made, you know, there, I was discussing this actually the other day, with somebody about, you know, like, do you, you know, they were mentioning that, do you realize everything that you thought of that you wanted to do as a child, you've actually done it. And, and isn't it strange that you, you just want more now that you've accomplished it, you want more, you want to just keep going. And, and they're right about that. It's, it's, it's strange because I guess if I look at the, just the basis of everything, I've accomplished what I wanted to do as a kid. I made that 15 year old that 12 year old in me proud you know what i mean it's like i if uh that i wanted to be an actor and i and i wanted to make movies and i've, and I've made sure to do that i've i wanted to be a pro wrestler i made sure to do that I, I i wanted to wrestle in a wwe ring and that happened um you know so opportunities are there and you know wherever i could get them i'm just grateful to have them if i could keep going and and keep, you know, like maybe perhaps at this point, it's not so much of me um, getting those contracts. It's more of like if I can inspire someone else to say, hey, you know what, you know, uh, don't eliminate yourself. Don't count yourself out. You could, As corny as that sounds, it sounds really bad. Like it sounds like what everybody talks about and everybody preaches is it. But really, I would like to be an example of it. Say, look, you you had this goal. You might not be the biggest guy in the ring, but guess what? As long as you have heart and you have that passion, like you'd be surprised how far you go. Uh, you might be this. You might be afraid to step out or step foot in there. That's all it takes is that one step. Once you're there, you're there. The hard part is done. And now you just got to keep running with it. And um, and that's where I'm at. You know, it's like. You can only do so much. A lot of people like to say, well, I, you know, they'll have excuses to say, well, I can't do this because I, I'm doing that or I, I'm, I'm going to school or I'm working a nine to five. We, we're all doing that. I'm doing that. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm still trying to push forward. I still, um, you know, I, I, I don't want, it's almost like the idea of if you, uh, if you don't use it, you lose it. And I feel like if I'm not regularly working, if I'm not regularly 
training, if I'm not re- regularly bettering myself, yes, it's going to revert and you're going to have to start all over again. Who wants to do that? But um, yeah, it's whatever you set your mind on, man. At this point, I just hope I can inspire people, I guess you could say. That's good. You know, it is. And I want to touch up on something you'd mentioned about, you know, like excuses and stuff, because I know like in my short period of time there, and I know you've probably seen it because I mean, you've, you've gone on way, way longer than I have, but um, you know, once in a while, like you'll see like a, like a, a flash in the pan come in for like a, a hot minute and then they're, they're gone. You know, I can't even count like when we were working with Jesse, Jesse Hernandez, how many guys would stick around after the show and be like, yo, I want to help out, you know, and they would help for like a show or two. And then you never saw them again. And oh, you yeah. could, you could tell like who really had the passion or who really didn't. Some guys would come up with excuses and stuff. And like you said, you know, yeah, everybody has, you know, life happens, you know, you have work, you have school, you have personal life, all that kind of stuff. But if it's something you really want to do, you do make time out of it. I mean, I've like, I've seen you over the last 10 years and everything that you have gone through outside of the ring and to be able to get where you're at in the industry right now is just a hell of a feat. And I I commend you on that big time, man. Uh, Thank you. Uh, That, you know, like it, it's, it's strange, man. Like I'll, I'll get messages online. I'll, I'll have someone say, Hey man, like, you know, like uh, you're, you're, you've inspired me like this and that. And sometimes I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing to keep a humble, humbled mind. So like when I hear that stuff, it's like, Oh man, thank you. I, I feel like even just the, the gratitude or appreciation, it's, it's, it's too much for me at times, but I, I, uh, I appreciate that, man. I, I, at least I'm happy somebody notices, I guess you could say, but at the same time, it's like, um, I don't know, man. I, I tried to, I'm just, I'm just really, it's, somebody could say it a thousand times. I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to do what I'm doing. I'm happy to wrestle and be healthy and have, you know, like, you know, nothing to worry about in a sense of, you know, if, if I get hurt, I get hurt. But like, I've been so lucky as of like knock on wood and uh, I've been lucky throughout my career, you know, being protected by others, being, you know, protecting myself in a sense, you know, cause wrestling is a dangerous it isn't for everybody. You know, it's easy to get hurt. It's easy to go out there and do something and make a mistake. And it's, it's a lot of thinking going behind it too. You got to You got to be thinking about, you know, what's your next step? Are you going to go in there? Are you going to do something stupid where you're going to, you know, bring up the percentage of yourself, you know, potentially getting injured or hurt, but you know, I've made some dumb choices in my wrestling career too, though. Don't get me wrong. And, um, I just, I guess I'm just lucky, you know, like, I'm just happy, man. I'm very happy. I mean, it could be worse. You could be like a 300 plus pound guy going out there in your first match, trying to split leg and moonsault in front of everybody too. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, even um, in 75, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I did, actually, I got a funny story about a split leg and moonsault. So when I first started training in the first three months, you know how they say, and it's and it's true, where they're like, hey, don't try to rush anything. Don't go in there and try to do fancy moves. Learn the foundation. Learn the basics. Now I preach about that all the time. And it's yeah. true. A thousand percent. I can't, I can't insist on this because I almost killed myself in my career before I even started it by trying to attempt a split-legged moonsault. And I landed on the top of my head. Oof. That was the first you know, and then of course later on it got more even more severe when I got dropped on my head with a double underhook DDT by a guy that didn't know what the hell he was doing. But oh man, 
that's neither here or there. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's you know that's an example. Split legged moonsault. Don't try it unless you know you've been in it for a while and you got somebody to properly train you how to do it. And um, yeah, don't don't do it unsupervised. That's for sure. Yeah, unsupervised is definitely the correct <laughs> word right there. Um, yeah. So all right, so you, like you've accomplished quite a bit in your tenure, you know, career so far. Um, I commend you on everything that you want to accomplish. You know, leave a legacy, pretty much a good, nice legacy. What I wanted to ask you here now is recently you have told me that you have um, you've had um, some participation with uh, All Elite Wrestling. And, of course, we've seen you on national television before, Survivor Series with Ronda Rousey, SmackDown with Brock Lesnar and Sami Zayn and all that. Can you can you tell us, like, what's it like to uh, be at those shows, AEW and WWE, and, and how does that compare to the independent scene? Um. Well, it's way different, man. I mean, especially WWE, even AEW, man. It's a machine of itself. It's very organized. Things are going on. You got to be at the right place at the right time. Um, and, you know, yeah, my recent my recent little venture to AEW has been pretty exciting. And I got another little, uh, you know, without giving too much away, I got another little date coming up uh next week so we'll see i can't say anything as far as matches go but um you know any opportunity is a good opportunity and just to be seen i'm grateful for i don't expect nothing anywhere anytime i've ever gotten any kind of like call up from wwe you know it's always been i'll be there that's it i'll be there and uh and uh i'm just gonna enjoy the ride you know i'm I'm basically i'm letting them take control i'm just a passenger that's it (laughs) good stuff man um i i especially i love this segment a while back it's like a year ago where uh you and um and your and your tag partner flex were on on smackdown working with brock uh, and sammy ner- yeah man that was, that was classic oh that's that's probably one of my favorite highlights of my entire career and i think it's probably going to stay that way for, for forever <laughs> uh but yeah man like um it's so funny, man, because we could have it could have been anybody else in that spot. Uh, it could have literally been anybody else. And just me and Flex happened to get really lucky because Brock Lesnar, you know, single handedly picked us out for the segment. Really? The, yeah. He, he wanted us. He didn't want anybody else. He wanted us. Um, wow. Paul That's Heyman cool. It. A lot of guys were behind it. Yeah, they were they were like, um, you know. It was a very, I don't know, man. Like I, again, I sometimes I think back, I'm like, man, was that really me? Did I actually do that? Like, that was really awesome. Um, Brock though, he was, you know, such a cool professional guy. Sammy, man, I freaking, yeah. These guys, man, like compared to the Indies, the way these guys work, I mean, I recall they didn't even have their lines or anything a hundred percent down. They were still trying to figure things out until the moment when it came to, the segment and when they went out there man it was like boom 100 percent. there's no hiccups nothing and it's like and, and it just it went on it went so well you would have thought yeah man no they had a they had a you know choreograph and go over it. no man it's like even when it came to me and flex it was kind of like they were just warning us they were like hey just so you know brock is going to do brock stuff that was pretty much <laughs> <it>. <laughs> so i didn't know i was like all right you 
I'm just going to protect Sammy, do my best, you know, and, uh, and we'll see what happens from there. And like, yeah, man, from the moment that I got kicked in the gut, I dropped to my knees. He rushed in, which a lot of people don't see this because it's so quick. Again, Brock is a beast. He rushes in to grab me. He actually need me in the face. So if oh, you like watch wow. like slow motion, like I almost blacked out from the knee shot to the nose, like literally like dead in the face. So the second I dropped to my knees, he rushed towards me to grab me so he could hurl me out of the ring. But I ended up uh, getting yeah, knee in the face, almost blacked out. And he went to throw me out, man. He didn't, there's no, hey, take your, you know, take your time out of the ring. No, he lifted me literally clean off the ground. My feet was, was not even touching anymore. That was, that was a legitimate throw. Zero control. Flex saw it and he thought he could do better. And, uh, no, he, his destiny was the same way. He was going to eat the rope. And, uh, if you, if you notice, he tangled in, he got tangled into the ropes and, and collapsed to the outside and, even afterwards, we had Randy Orton check up on us and say, hey, you guys doing okay? You guys are all right? And we're like, yeah. He's like, that's Brock for you. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, man, it was it was a cool, it was a cool, man. We did get a lot of praise for that, though. It was really awesome from the guys. Uh, in fact, Paul Heyman, before he came, he walked up to me because uh, they had, they had done some lines prior, like just ideas of like what to say. And I just kind of went, <laughs> Cause I thought one of the lines was funny and he just came up to me all serious. He's like, Hey, he's like, you want to laugh? Make sure you don't laugh on television. He's like, but if you feel like you're going to laugh, do this. And he like reached down right next to my junk, I guess you could say <laughs> next to my family jewels, he pinched and he's like, do that. Trust me. It works. And I was like, did I just get felt up by Paul? <laughs> <laughs> but, wow. But yeah, it, it, I mean, it's a good trick because I tried it after that. Like, yeah, it, it does work. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, the whole the whole experience, man, was was like a dream, you know. And and they just recently did like a little rerun about the year or whatever, and they had uh, reshared the segment and and uh, you know got to relive the memory again. I guess a bunch of people were tagging me, and I was like, yes, awesome, awesome. But um, yeah, man, like you know, in moments like that, I'm still like a kid. I'm still a fan. I'm still like in the moment. It's all a job. It's professional. I got to do what I got to do. And then later, you know, hindsight, I guess you could say, I'm looking back and I'm like, that's amazing, man. Did I actually do that? Made that kid in me real, real happy. You know, pleased him. Yeah, absolutely. With this, you know, the opportunities and the memories that you make working in the industry is just, you know, I like I think back to like. Like the the time that like you and I went and saw the Jay Leno show and just oh yeah ha- having conversations about like what we both wanted to do with both of our careers and that kind of stuff and then like you spin forward like you know fourteen years later and mm. the stuff that you've accomplished the stuff that I've accomplished and it's like we look back and we're like did we really do that that's yeah it's just nuts you know exactly man I don't, I don't that's that's why I say like if there's anybody listening that has any doubt in their mind, just if you have even the slightest bit of idea of what you want to do, just pursue it. The worst thing that you could do is not trying. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's the failure is not even giving it a go because later on, you're going to look back and say, I wish I had done it. I wish I had given myself, you know, I wish I had given myself a push or maybe, maybe you're expecting someone else to push you. And sometimes you're not going to have anybody out there to give you that motivation. They're not going to give you that push. God knows. Sometimes, you know, I've, I've gotten these 
little accomplishments here and there. And, you know, you'll go to family and say, Hey, I did this. And to them, it's like, you know, it's cool. They're proud of it. Don't get me wrong, but it's kind of like, Oh, that's cool. Because they don't realize, you know, how important it is. And you, if you look at that too hard and say, well, I don't know, like, it doesn't seem like it's a big deal. So why do I pursue it? Do it for yourself. So later on you look back and say, I I got this, you know, I'm collecting these, these are accomplishments in my life that I feel better about. So when I, you know, day I croak over, I could say at least I tried. And I think that's like the overall, like every one of us should be doing at least say we tried, you know what I mean? Give it a shot. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And to piggyback off what you were saying too, about, you know, just, just go and do it. If it's something you really want to do, if there's some, if there's anybody out there that's listening to this and like, say you wanted to get into doing something and something happened to you and you didn't think that you could do it. There's always a role for you in something. When I was a kid growing up, I always wanted to be a wrestler. And it's well documented here on Ring Scoops. You know, I've told the story of what happened to me. Rich, you know what happened to me. I didn't let that bug me. I said, you know what? All right, I can't wrestle from a you know, wheelchair and everything. But you know what I can do? I can hop on the microphone. I can call the action. I could be involved somehow. And I did. So it, even if there's obstacles like that that get in the way, you guys could still do it. You guys could still do it. Rich and I are wow. living proof that you guys can do what you want to do. Yep. A thousand percent, man. A thousand percent. I mean, you've, you've, again, like you should be like the number one example of, of someone facing the odds and yet going through it and making it happen. And, uh, you know, it's, it's inspiring. And I, I even when I first met you, man, I, I'll, I remember you because I had no idea, like as far as the California wrestling scene or anything like that. And uh, you invited me to the first show out there. I saw Johnny Starr giving out the, <laughs> giving out the hearts. And <laughs> Good old Johnny Starr, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, but you know that 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 it, that's all it took was that one show, and I was like, oh, you know, I gotta I gotta do this. I think I could do this. I think I could do this, man. Um, and you were doing your thing, man, at that time. And it was real inspiring because you didn't let that, you didn't let any of your limitations or anything get in the way. You pursuing it, man, a thousand percent. And so, it, it, you know, I got to say that was the first step. Like that inspired me to say, you know, he's able to get in here. He's able to do this. I should be able to do this too. You know, and then I saw the other wrestlers that were in there. They weren't the biggest guys in the world, you know, and, and they were, they were pushing. It's like, sometimes that's what you got to see. You got to see other people are going too. you're not the only one. You're not alone doing it. You got other people that are doing the same thing, whether it's in the same field uh, or not. There are other people that are, have the same drive and you just pursue it, man. Like, you know, like we got to, sadly, the world is in a place where a lot of people want to support each other. They, a lot of times they down each other instead, you know, they talk about the negatives, but you know, like, I wish that would change. I wish people would, you know, you know, bring up the positives. You know, it's the same thing with the wrestling scene. You know, people need to bring up some of the positives, bring up the the good things that are going on around. And, you know, you got young students coming in, tell them what they're doing. Great. You give them the, you give them the criticism, but tell them what are you doing good and, and how do you get better to work? There's so many, so much. Um, I just see it over the years, man. It's like so much negative. And then, you know, like people, they talk about mental health, mental health all the time, you know, and it's like you realize, you know, the negatives always last, you know, like you can hear 
a thousand compliments and all it takes is a couple of things that are, you know, that to bring you down, whether it's your self-esteem or how you feel about, you know, whatever it is. And that's it. It'll last you a lifetime. And, um, you know, like we just got to be careful how we approach certain things, you know, how we talk to people and, uh, we should all be, be, you know, we should be motivating each other, pushing each other to do better. A hundred percent, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, a little while ago, you mentioned, you know, like when we first met each other and stuff, I remember the conversations you and I would have, we would talk about how, when we were growing up, we would geek out about wrestling so much. And you and I have a lot of like favorites, you know, mutual favorites and stuff. And I remember, um, I remember early on when we met, like I found out you were a Bret Hart guy and I was a Shawn Michaels guy. We had <laughs> interesting conversations about that, but I wanted to ask you this. Uh, what were your influences in the business growing up as a kid watching as a fan and then also now as an adult working in the industry? Uh, you know, it's funny because, yeah, growing up, Bret Hart, Bret Hart, and even Shawn Michaels because my brother was a Shawn Michaels fan. We, we were always we were always pretending, you know, anytime there was ever a matchup, you know, especially during like the, uh, you know, like the feud between Sean and Brett, any, any, any feud that they ever had throughout the years, me and my brother would always pretend like, okay, I'm going to be Brett Hart. You're going to be Shawn Michaels. We're going to, we're going to fantasize that whatever's going on in this match, it's actually me and you fighting in the ring, you know? And, and, um, so yeah, that just kind of like kept going. Um, but like in the business though. So yeah, Brett was always my number one guy. He was always my number one guy. And then as I've uh, progressed in the business, there's certain, I started looking at it in like, I guess different eyes because now you're looking at who are, who can work and it like, which, you know, for the most part people, there's, there's a reason why they were signed. There's a reason why they're in the business as long as they've been and they're really good. And so you start to study their craft. You start to study how they perform in the ring, how they look, how they sell, and uh, it's still, of course, Bret Hart was, you know, was the guy that inspired me. And, you know, uh, Shawn Michaels ended up being up there, too, because then I started realizing, well, this guy is this guy is a crazy entertainer. Like just the charisma is just through the roof. Like there's no way there's nobody like him. There's no as many people try. There's no way of even matching his charisma and energy in the ring. Um, but then there's other people, too, man. Like, you know, I I. It's funny when I, I started getting out of wrestling when I was in my teenage years and I, I, uh, later in my early twenties, uh, I, uh, started getting back into it. And one of the guys or a few of the guys, I should say that drew me back into it was guys like Paul London, Brian Kendrick, and, uh, a few other names. And what's so funny, man, is like, you know, I've been able to meet these guys in person and, uh, you know, like Paul is I got to train with him a couple of times and he's such a sweetheart, you know, Brian Kendrick too, man. You know, like I, a lot of people say some stuff, you know, whatever it is. I, I met the guy aside from that personality wise, you know, I've never heard anything negative from the guy. He's a sweetheart. And, and I remember him actually, you know, this is something I want to say, uh, getting my two five live match. It was me. Um, what's his, uh, uh Tazawa. Brian Kendrick and uh, Fidel Bravo. So Fidel was my tag team partner. It was Tazawa and Brian Kendrick. And uh, having the the match with them, I just remember Brian Kendrick going to bat. And it was like, I've 
not really met this guy prior to that day. And, um, and it just, the way he was taking care of us, he was literally going out and he was calling the match and he was trying to put a match together. That was really putting me and uh, Fidel over. Like we had a lot, a lot of offense. And I don't know if you, I'm sure you know how it is with the big shows like that. We're jobbers. We're not going to get a lot of offense. It's usually go in there and get your ass whooped and get out. That's it. No, he was calling a match that we're, we were getting a lot of offense and and I remember he had like um we had he had to go to the agent at the time. I think it was uh it was Devon and Devon was like, yo, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's like, I see what you're trying to do. You know, I respect that. He's like, but you know they're not gonna like that. He's like, you gotta cut all that stuff out. And so, of course, went back. Still, if you watch the match, you've noticed like there's a lot of like I'm cutting off a, a pen. You don't see that much from jobbers like going in there breaking pins and stuff like that in the WWE. You know, it's like yeah, here you know here he is like literally going the bat, trying to really give us as much as we could to shine in the ring to get our names and our faces out there. And I just remember that made such a big impression on me. Really, uh, I I, um, I appreciated that. You know that that. Again, I didn't. I didn't know the guy. He never met me before, and uh, here he was trying to like do something in there to get me and Fidel over. And it just, it's just one of those things I got to throw out there, man. Because a lot, again, a lot of people will mention mistakes and flaws and issues here and there, and you know, sure, whatever issues are going on. But I also need to mention about you know the time that he actually really took care of me and Fidel, and um, and uh, did something that I thought was, you know, inspired me where, I, you know what, I want to do the same thing for the next guy coming along. If I'm ever in a position like that, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to be that guy, you know, but um, yeah. And it's weird though, because like, you know, again, I got, I, I saw these guys and I saw their ability in the ring and these guys are phenomenal. And I, now I've wrestled them, which is, you know, it's another dream come true. And, and, uh, and they've taught me a lot along the way. Um and uh, it's just extra. I don't know, man. It's like you're you're collecting, you're collecting all this knowledge, and you're just building it up. And um, dream come true, man. That's all I gotta say. It's a dream come true. It's it it certainly is a special feeling, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, man. It's like it's hard to describe because, like, it's even to me sometimes. I when I, as it's escaping my mouth, I'm I'm having to that that was me. That's what I did. And I guess I try not to let my own success in certain areas get to my head. And, uh, and I guess it's hard to believe. I can't believe it. Sometimes I say, wow, I did that. I, that, that's so cool. Like, you know, like how many people could say that brag about that they got thrown around by Brock Lesnar or, <laughs> or, or get <laughs> like, you know, like, I mean, even, even the doing the little medic stuff here and there, you know, being able to share a ring with Ronda Rousey, you know, get in there on the Survivor Series. Like, man, man, it's like if I could go back in time and tell my young self when I was like nine years old, eight years old, taking like VHS tapes from like uh, Blockbuster or in Canada, it was Jumbo Video. That's what they called it. And we used to, me and my brother would rent videos, you know, we get the pay-per-views and we try to go all the way back to like 1993, 91, like anything that we missed that was prior to our time, we would try to catch up on and see like, Ooh, what's going on here? What's going on there? And, and, um, yeah, man, like it's, I, I'm making that kid happy. You know, if I could go back in time and be like, listen, it's going to be okay. 
You know what I mean? You're going to have a rough life in your teenage years. It's going to be real difficult, but you're going to push past that. You're not going to be, you're not going to be stuck as you think you're going to be, you know, you're going to make it. Yeah, you man, you, you hit the nail on the head with that. Cause like I have a similar, you know, a couple similar stories like that. Like, you know, watching like, um, Chris Masters in 2005 and all that stuff. And then he got released and we had him on the podcast in 2007. Yeah. And then, so watched him on TV. Then I got to interview the guy. And then in 2012 under Jesse and EWF, I got to call a Chris Masters match. That's so awesome, dude. I actually just, uh, December, I wrestled Chris Masters. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Like I just remember I met him a couple of years ago. We uh, had a, we had a drive together, three hour drive to Bakersfield. And, uh, and I, I was so embarrassed. It was like, I think it was like four, maybe it was later. No. Yeah, man. It was farther than that. Maybe like six, seven years ago. And, uh, I was, was driving. That when the, the guys were still running shows at the dome. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah, no, yeah, it must've been, I think so. It's either that or Santa Maria. One of those two. It's, jumbled up at this point um but yeah basically <laughs> so i pick him up from the airport from lax and i'm driving this piece of crap car that was giving me trouble at the time and uh like midway through man the car just took a dump and oh, i was no. <laughs> here i am driving this big star you know and i'm like man and it was funny because he was still he's such a good guy you know what i mean he he didn't he didn't get upset and curse or fight but you know what we were lucky was that when i when the car broke down we were we happened to be like by an exit which was right next to a mall a shopping mall that had a nike store a nike outlet and he's big on nike so he's like all right you figure this out i'm gonna go in there <laughs> shop around it was like <laughs> awesome it's like yeah i was able to get the car fixed and managed or whatnot but um it was just funny man and then you know, flash forward right now, just recently I had a match with him and, uh, um, it, you know, even from then to now, I think about how my mindset has grown in wrestling. I don't know if I could have been able to, I don't know, not have been so like confident to take him on in the ring where, you know, in December I was able to do that and have a good time with him and, and really, um, uh, I think everybody in the uh, at the event really really enjoyed it too. I mean, um, had a lot of people giving feedback on it and whatnot. But I don't know, man. It's like, yeah, again, I watched that guy on television. You know, in, in my uh, early years of getting back into wrestling, he was one of the guys too. And uh, and you know, watching this superstar on TV, if I only knew later on, I'd actually get a chance to wrestle him. Man, that's. If that doesn't tell you enough right there, man, whatever you're pursuing, just freaking go for it, man. You don't know what's going to happen. Just do it. You know, I, I can't say it enough, but, um, yeah, man, that's, I, anyways, I, I got lost in my thought right there. I was just excited to brag about Chris Masters because it was so fun working with him. And, and, uh, this dude is a freaking beast, man, in the ring. Like he's, oh, he's a it, real life he superhero. Like when he, uh, put he that tree right out of the root, you know? Right, right. I'm like sitting here at five eight. I'm like, yeah, just cut me off a couple, you know, a couple of inches, man, of your height. <laughs> you, know, you, you, <laughs> you know, like give me, give me a little bit of the genetics, whatever you got, man. Come on, man. But no, it's such a good dude, man. I can't put him over enough. Yeah, you know what? Like when we worked that one show with him, I remember 
telling him about, you know, doing the interview with him in 2007. And when I, when I told him about the game that we played about what, guess what's in my pocket, you know, and I was describing it, it's hard. The more you mess with it, the harder it gets and all that stuff. And it turned out to be a master lock. And he, he remembered that. Yeah. He had, we had a good laugh about that before he went out there and the crap out of the mega King. (laughs) But yeah, like, you know, it's other opportunities too. like, well, you know, growing up hating guys like the million dollar man. But then in 2012, my buddy Dennis and I driving him around for a whole week, picking his brain and just yeah. getting so many, you know, tips and advice and stuff from a guy like that. It's just who would have thought that that kind of stuff would happen? Yeah, man. It's again, it's like your future is wide open just for you. You know, whatever you, if you want to pursue it, it's there and don't limit yourself based on any kind of, you know, what you think could be your limitation. You'd be surprised what you're capable of. Um, but yeah, man, I keep going back to that. What can I say, man? It sounds like one of those like infomercials for, you know, like, Hey man, you got, you got a dream, go for it, kid. But <laughs> it's freaking true. I can't say it enough. Yeah. But no, it's true though. I mean, like his, it's like Doc Brown said in Back to the Future 3, you know, your history hasn't been written yet. It's up to you, you know, exactly. and, and that's exact, absolutely the truth right there. Thousand percent, man. Thousand percent. Yeah. Uh, switching gears here real quick. Um, in your opinion, what do you think is the state of pro wrestling in 2023? What would you like to see change and evolve? And especially like after like the last two to three weeks, like a year ago, Vince McMahon was running the, the ship. Six months ago, he resigned. And now, like in the last week or two, he's back. Stephanie's gone. Now there's rumors about the big sale. Even Tony Khan has, has been thrown in the mix as a potential buyer. Like, what what is your opinion on the state of pro wrestling in 2023? Man, I'm just I'm just sitting back with a popcorn, man. I'm just I'm just watching it. It's it's a, it's like a zoo right now, man, but it's business, you know, it's just it. Things can't stay the same forever. You know, things change and, um, you know, whatever they got to do financially, uh, whether, you know, to save the company or do whatever at this point, I, I can't, you know, cause I don't have any knowledge behind it. I don't know how it's such a big, you know, it's, it's such a big company, man. It's such a big machine where, you know, it requires, I think, you know, there's so many people that have, that are book smart, you know, when it comes to this stuff. And I'm sure they, they're getting paid millions of dollars to figure it out and say, okay, this is what you got to do. This, this is the decision you got to make. I'm sure they got a bunch of people. And it's not just Vince deciding this. I'm sure he's got a lot of people behind them with suit and ties telling him, you know, advice and how to handle it. But, um, you know, as us being fans, I would just watch, just watch and see what happens. That's all I could say, you know, because it's like, you know, who knows what's going to go on and, you know, just if you're joining, if you're enjoying the program week to week, if you don't see a change and you only see something that you do like, then keep watching it. And if it's something that you don't like, then turn it off. You know what I mean? Let's let it be heard. You know, so they know they're screwing up. They're dropping the ball because uh, the fans are should be what people are listening to. But unfortunately, I hear that's not the case. Um, yeah. But yeah, just be vocal about it. But uh, aside from that, what can I say, man? I'm just sitting back and watching the. I'm just enjoying the ride and uh, watching the world burn. I guess. Yeah, you know, the phrase that gets thrown around a lot is, you know, um, you know, one, of course, anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation, right? But yeah, but yeah, it's just interesting to see this kind of stuff. You know, it's you never know what's going to happen. Wow. Tomorrow's not promised. 
It's wild. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, if you remember years ago, WCW getting bought out, bought out like people didn't expect that. At least I didn't. I wasn't nah. expecting I thought WCW was like, if anything, I thought WWE was going to tank at the time, or WWF, should I say. I thought that was tanking at the time. I thought they were going to be the canceled show, but instead it went the other way around. So you never know what, you know, what happens. But like I said, man, I, at this point, I leave it all, whatever. It's their business. Whatever they got to do, let them do it. Uh, if I enjoy the program, then I'm tuning in. If I don't, I tune out. That's it. Let the ratings, let let the fans be vocal. Let it, let, let all that speak for itself, you know? Hey, I'm with you on that, man. I see way too many Twitter fights where guys take things way too seriously. And it, hey, at the end of the day, for us fans, it's a television show. And I know, like, like for 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 you as a worker, it's more than a TV show. It's potential, you know, uh, career and employment down the road and whatnot. But like for the everyday fan, they take it way too. They take it like they have stock in the company. Yeah, I, I see all that stuff, man. I, I, I like, honestly, man, I stay away from it all. I don't, I, I, I got Twitter, but I barely go on it. I just, you know, advertise whatever I can for upcoming shows, letting the fans know what I got to do. But for the most part, I stay out of those, those arguments, you know, and I stay out of those fights. I just think it's kind of like, it's, um, it's a bit ignorant, especially if you're not, you know, you're not the ones making a decision. There's a reason why they're doing what they're doing. And not everything is out in the open for the world to know certain things they don't talk about, you know, and there's always speculation on it, but it's like, it's not ever, never a hundred percent. So you really don't know what's going on. You know, you just, whatever's happening, just, I mean, you got no control over it. Right. So yeah. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> Um, a, a question that I often ask a lot of guests here on the podcast is if they have any memorable or funny stories of ribs, uh, like ribs that maybe you've done, ribs that have been oh, pulled on, on you. Are you a fan of ribs? Come on, Wade. You know, <laughs> come on, man. You know, know. You, you remember. Okay, there was there. Yeah, I always have one. I I, I remember one in particular for a cauliflower event yeah, that yeah. I did years ago. <laughs> remember that with the Vaseline. Yeah, the icy hot. Yeah, yeah, that's it. The doorknob. You remember yeah. that? Yeah, you know, it's, it's like yeah, they say in those movies, right? You know, you're the new kid on campus. What you do? You pick out the biggest, baddest bully on campus and you fuck him up. Nobody fucks with you, right? Exactly, man. Exactly. And uh, yeah, that was that was it, man. That, that was one of it. I I left a uh, big, nice blob of. Was it icy hot or was it Vaseline? I don't remember which one. It was one of those. And like uh, the initial, the initial idea was Vaseline. I think the the only thing that we had on with us was icy hot. So we said, "Fuck, right. let's use it." That's <laughs> right. And we put it on the doorknob. Certain individual ended up uh, grabbing it, and uh, yeah, we heard it that night. Though we got the call, we got the call to our room, didn't we? It was like three in the morning. Yeah, yeah. DK Murphy with that that voice of his. So they found the the icy hot. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Yeah, yeah. You had that like you you were really selling it, man. Like, I don't, I've never heard of it. Yeah, no. What we, we've been here the whole night. Yeah, I didn't yeah, do nothing. Yeah. I'm just a commentator. I don't mess with people. Exactly. I would I would have never done. Ew, who in the <laughs> right would ever do such a thing? Especially to uh, who it was too, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> got to push back sometimes you know what i mean but uh it, you know man like i i love ribs you know what i mean but like not everybody can take it not everybody can handle it and uh sometimes though i do hear 
the, the saying is never rib a ribber. That, that comes up frequently. And sometimes it ends up being a nonstop, endless routine of ribbing each other back and forth. Uh, <laughs> there's got to be an end to it. You know what I mean? There's got to be an end. Somebody's got to tap out. Um, but yeah, man, that that's one of the biggest, that's one of the ones that's, the, you know, it's in mind, man. It's like the old uh, icy hot. I can, I just almost wish I had a camera though to catch it. I wish I could see the expression and everything and the reaction. I, I have my imagination to play it out, but I don't think it does it any justice. Yeah. 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 One of my favorite ones, I, I've, told, I've told this one to a lot of people. I don't even, I don't, I don't remember if you were there that night, but it was one of the last times that we uh, we did uh, EWF there in Azusa, you know, before the whole, you know, sticky finger situation with the owners <laughs> there. But um, I had uh, a box of, uh, of Little Caesars pizza and there was like two or three slices left and I super glued them to the box inside. <laughs> and I told Jesse, I was like, hey, Jesse, there's pizza over there if you want some. And he went over there. He was pulling with his life to get the slice off the box, man. <laughs> And then later that night, he got me because I tried to leave the announce table and I undid the brakes on my wheelchair and started backing up. And I couldn't move. And sometime throughout the show, he had put a broom through the wheels of my wheelchair. <laughs> that, that's what I'm talking about, man. The endless ribbing back and forth, man. And somewhere it's got to end. It, yeah. It'll just be getting worse and worse and worse. But yeah, dude, that's that's freaking funny. But, you know, like 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 you said, right? Don't rib a ribber. I, I, knew, I knew I was going to get, you know my upcompance, but I didn't know it was going to be that quick. Like Jesse yeah. was like, he thought on his feet, like, bam, got me man, right away. Like, that tells you right there. That's not his first rodeo. Oh, <laughs> hell no, man. We could write like a volume of books off of what Jesse has seen and done in the business. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Let's, uh, let's shift gears here a little bit away from the wrestling talk for a minute. Um, You, are quite the artist. Uh, where did you start with your art? What kind of mediums do you like? Because, dude, your your drawings are just freaking fantastic, man. Every time I see them, I'm just blown away, bro. Thank you, man. Um, oh, I, you know, when I, it's funny, man. When I was a kid, I used to draw a lot. Like, you know, five, six years old, I started drawing over i was doing superheroes doing batman i was drawing batman left and right i was a big batman fan and then eventually grew into x-men and all the comics you name it and um my mom would always tell me she says you know i was a really good artist until you were born it's almost like you took my talent and uh funny man because it's like yeah because like yeah i started i started progressing and getting better and better and my mom would always tell me like i can't draw anymore she would you know, say about herself she can't draw it's like the better i got the worse she got <laughs> i'm like okay i wish i could give some of this back but i just always found that funny that she would say that but um no she, you know it was my escape man drawing was my escape and um it was like uh you know before the internet or anything like that it was me getting on a you know grabbing some piece of papers and drawing ninja turtles batman you name it man all the nerdy stuff and um I always had this creative outlet. I always had this creative mind that he just needed to just come up with things. You know, if it wasn't drawing, I was coming up with like, how can I make my own action figures? Because I moved a lot when I was a kid. I moved frequently. And um, certain countries that I moved to, there wasn't, you know, they didn't have American toys where, you know, you have G.I. Joe's and Ninja Turtles and, and stuff like that. I remember watching the first RoboCop movie and thinking, I want an action figure of RoboCop. And, um, 
there's no stores in a you know in a Middle Eastern country to go buy RoboCop action figures. So what I did was I ended up grabbing all the um, electronics that my dad had, like you know wires and stuff hanging around the house, and I grabbed a pan and I remember melting the uh, the metal. So it looked almost like the liquid guy from the Terminator. Um, and I was, you know, and at that point I was like literally making a shell where I was trying to make my own RoboCop action figure. And, uh, and I remember just doing that at a young age too, like having this like creative mind where I got to, you know, I got to do something. I got to have like, uh, um, I just can't sit back and, you know, I got to constantly be doing something. So nowadays it's, it's progressed where, I still draw, you know, I paint when I can. Uh, I, you know, I digitally do art if I need to, um, drawing, you know, traditionally on a pen and paper. It's like this, that's of course my preference. It's like, you know, it's my go-to. Um, but you know, if it's not that, then it's another thing, my imagination, you know, it's like I, I, my other, it's the same thing I visualize in a movie, you know, like it's drawing is no different than putting a, frame together for a cinematic scene so now you know I've, I've kind of progressed a little bit from even just drawing to now i can you know i come up with something that's on a picture frame you know like in your in your mind like a, a, a photo a still photo but it's moving now you know that's pretty much what i try to do with a camera and uh making short films and it's all i gotta have something man i got i got too much in my head i feel like my you know like i gotta have an outlet for it you know it's got to sometimes I think I'm crazy a little bit uh, how, how, how much I go with different ideas and I'm kind of like, okay, I want to draw now. No, I want to direct. No, I want to do this. No, it's a lot going on in my head, you know, but, um, uh, I always try to stay creative though at the end of it. I, you know what, man, I, I feel the same way, man. There's, I go through like little points in my life as well. Like sometimes I'll be like, all right, cool. I'll do my painting phase or I'll do my drawing phase or, I'll write a screenplay for over a course of a year. And then all of a sudden, like, I, I don't want to write ever again. And then, you know, a year <laughs> later, I'm like, all right, you know what? I got an idea for another screenplay. Let's write this one. You know? So I, I feel you on that. You know, it's um, it's it's fun, though, to be able to find a creative outlet like it because it 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 kills a lot of time. Um, it, it, we, we all could be doing far worse things out there and thank God we have stuff like this to do, you know, like to be able to draw yeah. and, you know, Honestly, music. Man, I think it's healthy. I think it's healthy to have a creative mind and, and, you know, whatever it is, if you prefer drawing, if you prefer writing, stick to it and keep doing it, you know, it's, I think it's healthy, you know, like, uh, like again, going back, not going too much detail, but like, you know, my childhood involved a lot of moving and it was hard for me to make friends. It was hard for me to, to be normal, you know, or feel normal. And my escape was, you know, either, you know, in books and drawing and having this fantasy in my head. And I guess it kind of, if you look at it, wrestling is a fantasy, you know, like you're, you're coming up with this idea of, who you are and what you're doing in the ring and, you know, and all this stuff, man, it just it all correlates together, you know? And, um, I, I've, uh, I, I always say I live in my head because sometimes I'll even be, you know, if I'm out there doing a nine to five, I, someone will say something and I'm like, hmm? it's because I'm constantly thinking of the next thing that I want to do. You know, I'm constantly thinking of the next creative thing that I want to, you know, if it's, if it's, 
you know, if, if I can make it a career, I would stick with that. But, you know, sometimes you got to have that normal nine to five to keep things up float while you're making the dreams come true, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, that's, you know, that's you it. know, like the, the phrase that a lot of people use, you know, like they got Betty Davis eyes. I like to call like our situation. We've got the Shawn Michaels eyes. We got an <laughs> eye looking this way. We got an eye looking that way. We're watching two different things at the same time. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> And I'm, I'm a good multitasker. That's it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think it's healthy though. I think it's honestly healthy. I think, I think people need that. I think it's healthier than a lot of alternate uh, alternative uh, options out there. You know, I could be, I could be going out there and, you know, wasting myself away, you know, on booze and drugs and whatnot. And I choose to keep my mind clear so I can be creative, you know? Yeah, a little while ago, we you know we're talking about filmmaking and acting. Um, you've done a lot of recent filmmaking and acting. I know, like ten years ago, we were doing you know the infamous uh, black metal productions. You know those yeah. videos. Uh, so, what made you want to get like into acting? Is it something you've always wanted to do? Or is it something new? Like, what's yeah. the process? You know, initially before I even became a wrestler, I wanted to be an actor. But I didn't have the confidence. I didn't, I didn't have, you know, being an awkward kid growing up, I was just shy. I didn't have any of it. But, um, you know, it was, it was uh, when I got into wrestling, it really, you know, it, it allowed me to get out of my shell a little bit. You know, I was able to uh, be more confident and, and tap into that, you know, that required to be in front of the cameras, you know, like the confidence in myself. And uh, it really helped me develop what I needed to, to pursue, to get as far as I've gone so far, at least, you know, um, and I've had some opportunities here and there, you know, and but one of my, one of my uh, biggest ones, and maybe perhaps it'll only exist in my mind or as a memory, perhaps, um, uh, was to be on the season four, uh, season four of, um, glow for the, um, Netflix. And, uh, that was, that was one of the, uh, most exciting things I did. Uh, I believe it was part of like two episodes or something and, um, um, filmed, they, you know, they had me dress up like I was part of like, I guess like they're, you know, in the eighties and whatnot, I had like a little, I had my hair all teased up and everything. And I had the uh, crop top. That's where the crop top actually started. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When I did the whole beef candy thing, I says, you know what? I like the way the crop top thing looked on the set. Might as well bring it here since nobody's going to see it. And, you know, of course they canceled the season, uh, even though they had already recorded, like they filmed like two episodes, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, that that's one of my, like one of my little, uh, I guess, I don't know. I, I, I fond memories, I guess you could say, for the for the tapings and whatnot. Gatson was there. Um, other wrestlers were there too uh, on the set. Of course, you know why wouldn't they be? It's a show about wrestling, but you know a lot of a lot of familiar faces from California were part of the uh, part of the tapings too. Really Including good, including show regular um, Awesome Kong. She was part of the series as well, right? <laughs> Definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And really cool, man. And it's like being involved in something that was wrestling related, but also, you know, it was, it was acting, it was, it was performance, man. And I was like, heck yeah, where I want to be, you know, and it, it kind of inspired me to keep pushing forward and, and uh, try to pursue other outlets. And, you know, now I have this, 
you know, even not so much of just being in front of the camera. I want to be behind the camera. I want to know how everything works behind the camera, you know, and be comfortable there as well. And uh, that's why I'm like making short films now, you know, I'm working on one currently. It's just, again, it's a nerd, uh, I guess, a, a fantasy that I had when I was a kid. I had this dream. I always wanted to make my own Silent Hill film. And the nerd in me was like, you better do it now before you get any older, you know, and make that come true and and uh and that's what i've been editing and i've been working on as of late and uh i actually got this guy jeremy amato i don't know i I think you know him right Uh, oh yeah viking warriors brother yes and uh this guy man i gotta i gotta i gotta give him some praise he's never acted before and uh, he just had this look that i said you know i i want to use you in my film i i think you can do it and it, all it takes is because there's a lot of emotion in it, and I, it requires not just someone to pretend to be filling the fillings, but I want someone to know what it's like to fill those, you know, those thoughts and, 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 and the emotion to come out of them. And, and he, of course, didn't let me down. In fact, he impressed the hell out of me. And I was like, dude, you're missing your calling. You should be an actor. You need to go pursue this thing because he did so well. And I'm so proud of the this is like one of the projects that I've been working on that I'm so proud of that's coming along that I think um, everyone's going to be blown away by his performance too. And, you know, just the way he, he doesn't say a lot. There's a reason why he doesn't say there's a whole, it devolves a story, but just because he doesn't say anything doesn't mean he's limited because his facial expressions and just emotion, just pure emotion on his face, man. It's just phenomenal. He's such a, talented guy and it's crazy to think you know like stuff like that go by and no one even notices and like they don't even know what they're capable of until they're in that position and you you put them there and they blow you away you know with their performance man and it's just like i've asked them before like did you have interest in being an actor before i was like no it's just wanted to help me out you know <laughs> it's like man i just i'm amazed by it uh, he, he did really good though and um I've just been having so much fun editing it. My only weakness is sound and sound is like the most difficult thing when it comes to like movie making. Um, everyone will tell you that like audio is, is the biggest thing. It's the most important thing. Uh, if not more important than the visuals, but yeah, you know, when you don't have any experience in that department it starts moving along a little slower, you know, that's what basically that's, what's got me a little stuck right now. I'm working on the sound, but it's coming along though. You know, it's it's funny. You and I have so many similar interests, you know, and especially like the filmmaking thing to see what you've been doing is just it it blows my mind because you have been doing incredible work with it. Um, I, One of these days, I think you and I should collaborate, man, because I have like I'm down. I have a whole library of short film scripts that I've written, but I've never made. You see, here's my problem is that I write, but writing is not my strongest point it's more visuals i like visuals so like that's why i'm good at drawing i'm good at putting things together even back in the day when i was a kid i used to belong to these message forums where i used to uh you know it's called like rpgs where you role play and you'd like it'd be like a text back and forth like a message back and forth you were you're playing as a character and you're building onto a story and you you know it's like turn-based but not like not like a gaming rpg but turn-based in writing and um 
And I was never, that was never my strongest point. I was always the guy making the forms, making them look nice. I would design the graphics in it and say, Hey, let's make you feel like you're actually in this environment. I create all these things, you know, but, um, I would love that, man. I think that's, that's what I need. And I'm a hundred percent down. You got a good story. Let's, let's freaking make it happen, man. Let's, let's create some magic out there. Yeah. We'll definitely have to brainstorm on that one, man. And uh, see where we can go. I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. Uh, before we head out, um, I'd like to play a quick game of uh, name association with you, if that's cool. Sure. All right. First name on the list. We're gonna we're gonna start this thing with a heavy hitter, man. Jesse Hernandez. Jesse Hernandez. Like a f- wait, wait, wait. So wait, you're saying name association? So what do I associate him with? Uh, yeah, the first first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the names. Like a father. He's a father. Okay. Yeah. That that's father. I've I've told him that many times. <laughs> He's literally like my pops. Yeah. Yep. Uh Dave Marquez. Dave Marquez. You know, I got a good relationship with Dave Marquez actually. And uh but honestly, I think he's a creative guy. That's what I think, creative. He's got he's got a good mind. A lot of people don't know that, but he does. He's he's definitely up on his Disney history, that's for sure too. Oh, that's a hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yeah, that guy knows his stuff. Um, Jake Alexander. Uh, I would say he's, he built Richie Slade. Yeah. Uh, he was one of the guys, you know, when I first initially got in, I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I am. I don't know who Richie Slade is. I don't know anything about this, this amplified version of myself in real life. I don't know really how to formulate it. And, you know, a lot of people don't give him credit. He's got some good ideas in his mind, and it's money, and uh, and he's helped me significantly with those with those ideas. I've actually utilized them in my own career and and making myself better. So yes, yes. Maybe uh, another yeah. uh, flex McCallion. brother, crazy brother, Billy Blade, good brother. <laughs> uh tab jackson um still best friends good worker yeah yeah uh, definitely yeah she's hard-headed she was hard-headed she's always been hard-headed she has her own ideas on how she wants to be in the ring and stuff but yeah yeah she's still one of my best friends eddie Matson. he's a snake <laughs> <I'm> just <kidding. laughs> I'd like to shed new skin. <laughs> uh, you know, he's a good, he's a good dude. I, I, I've always, I've, I've always enjoyed his presence. He's always given me a good laugh. Andy Brown. He's my brother from another mother. Yep. That dude's cool. I like Andy. Yep. Uh, Jim Cornette. I listen to him. I think he's got good ideas. I, of course, he's got good. I mean, he's 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 been in the business for years, so you can't eliminate, you can't disqualify him because he puts down your favorite wrestler. He makes some good points. That's all I'll say. He makes good points. <laughs> all righty. The, the the next couple of names are actually kind of connected to Jim Cornette. Um, the Young Bucks. Young Bucks. They. Uh, I like them. They're good people. Uh, good people. Uh, personally, I've met them. You know, I've known them, uh, and uh, I think they're just 
good people. They're living the dream. I'm jealous. They're, they're two brothers that, that wanted to be wrestlers when they were kids. They stuck together and they're still doing what they're doing. And now they, they're working it in front of millions, millions of people, everybody, you know, for the most part, they know the young bucks when they mentioned, you know, when you said the name, um, you know, they, they put in, they put their lives on the line. They do some crazy shit that I, uh, I cannot even imagine doing myself, but they do it and they get away with it and they do it together. And that's the thing that I admire the most. Uh, cause I'm a very, I'm very close to my brother. And, uh, you know, even though we were both growing up as wrestling fans, we kind of, he kind of went his own way, didn't like it anymore. And I still pursued it, but I respect that the two brothers, you know, stick together. There's a lot of guys like that in the Indies right now, like, you know, in the, uh, California, like the divine brothers. I admire that so much seeing these guys stick together in their careers, doing it together as a unit, ah, something special about it. I just love it. The Ballard brothers. Yeah. The Ballard brothers. I mean, that's a great, I mean, those are the, they're the godfathers of tag team, I think. And especially when it comes to seeing two brothers in the ring, man, it's like, nobody's, they're unstoppable. Yeah, I, I love the Ballard brothers. Those guys are incredible. Uh, Tony Khan. Uh, I think, uh, Tony Khan. Well, I, I, hey man, he's he's the boss. That's how I see it, and uh, I think he's got a funny voice. But I also got, <laughs> but it is what it is. All right, and the last name here, uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, respect. I, I respect him. I, I, I actually, um, he was there going over everything at one point when there was like a, I was part of WWE doing the uh, extra stuff with the security and it was like Tyson Fury taking on Braun Strowman and there was like a separation in the ring. He was part of like putting that whole thing together and, you know, just personally like having him interact and, uh, help you know like literally trying to piece together everything like seeing him work because i've never seen him work like that before backstage you know like being part like hey i want you to do this i want you to grab this go over here do that i mean the guy's got i don't know like i don't dive into like politics of things i try not to just from that experience he's 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 been in the business long enough he knows what he's doing um so i'll just i remember what i remember he was a smart guy <laughs> all right fair enough um and before we head out do you have any uh upcoming appearances plug shout outs advice or anything uh yes uh i'm gonna be at west coast wrestling company on the 28th in hemet uh taking on the loser the biggest loser of them all anthony idol um and uh let's see you know what i gotta you know that's a good question man let me let me check, man. I'm I'm always busy, man. I'm all over the place. Uh, and Hemet, by the uh, way, Hemet, California, for everybody out there wondering. Yes, Hemet, California. I should. Yeah. At the wheelhouse. Been there many yeah, times. Just, I would say, you know, it's right now. Just follow follow me on social media. I usually post a lot of the stuff in advance. Um, a lot of times, I take these. Uh, I take these shows. And I don't even look once I once I put them down on calendar. I don't even look back at it until the week of, and I'm like, oh, I guess I got a show this week. So um, it's just something to look forward to. Um, a lot of good wrestling events coming up, and uh, I'll be sharing everything online. And if you guys like to uh, follow me on, you know, Instagram, basically Facebook, um, 
I share a lot of my projects, wrestling related or not, even film projects. I like to share it on Instagram. So if you guys like to see more of that, you know, message me, let me know. You want to see more of the film stuff, everything going on behind the, behind the wrestler, then, um, you know, just let me know and I'll share more about it. And uh, they can follow you on Instagram at, uh, is it Richie Slade or the Richie Slade? The Richie Slade. Yes. Okay. And that's the same on Twitter, right? Uh, Twitter, I believe so. Yes. And then on Facebook is Richie Slade one. Cause some old guys got the name Richie Slade. He's, he's the original. Uh, uh, you got to trademark that. Take him to court, man. Yeah. <laughs> Be old man. Even though you came before me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got to pass a flame, man. That's what he's yeah. got to do. Uh, Rich, thank you so much, man, for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here on the Ring Scoops podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Um, I had a fun conversation with you. I'd love to have you again on the podcast down the road if you're available. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. That's Richie Slade. Don't forget to check him out on social media, Twitter and Instagram at the Richie Slade. And you can get all the information there on Richie. Rich, thank you again so much, man. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you for having me. And I'll say this, dude. Um, I'm very proud of you, man. I love you. you. You've gone a lot. You've gone through a lot of things in your life and uh, still seeing you, you know, doing what you want to do and uh, pursuing your dreams. <sighs> Inspirational, man. And I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't stop for anything. Keep doing what you're doing, man. And keep inspiring those around you. But I, I, I caught me off guard there, man. I appreciate that so, so much. And I am, I am beyond proud of what you have done in your career and everything that has branched out from the career in pro wrestling into the artistry and the filmmaking and, and all that in, in between and, and being, being such an incredible human being and an incredible father as well. You are the man. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. You have no idea. Um, Thank you, Wade.